So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Enjoying this podcast from Sports Geeta Wrestling? Well, make sure you subscribe to Sports Geeta Wrestling Podcast on your audio app of choice. Available on Spotify. What's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Chris Featherstone here for yet another episode of Unscripted, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It's one of my favorite nights of the week. And this week is no different. Why? Because I have some of the hottest, the best, the baddest people in the professional wrestling world. And this week uh, is just the same as every other week as far as the top names in the planet of professional wrestling. This person is a former WWE SmackDown tag team champions, multiple time tag team champion, by the way. And he is, he has a, he has a big red beard, ladies and gentlemen. He has a big distinguished red beard. He's a big guy. He's like a, a, a big, like tree trunk, you know what I mean? Like a dangerous tree trunk that you never want to go by that you get like super scared by when you when you're around him. Uh, very, very unique character in the WWE. Uh, he was a former member of the Wyatt family, as you as you all know. You know this guy. He his his entrance is just I'm just killing time at this point because of course you know who he is. He's Eric Redbeard, formerly known as Eric Rowan. How are you tonight, my man? I'm great. What's up? It's great to great to have you on the show tonight, my man. Great to be here, man. Awesome, awesome. Before we go, uh, you might want to tone the volume up a little bit. I don't know if you have earphone, uh, earplugs, uh, earphones. Um, but, yeah, man, we've got a lot of questions ready for you. But before we jump on, man, um, p- promote what you got uh, going on, man. How, where can we find you on Twitter? You got anything, uh, any uh, dates coming up or anything? Uh, I will be at a place called PPW in... I'm terrible at promoting these shows now that I'm just starting after COVID. So uh, it's a PPW. Uh, check out at Eric Redbeard on Twitter or Instagram. You'll find out where that is. But I'm performing uh, out there uh, June 12th, so this Saturday. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find that out for you. Uh, so if there's a fly or anything, um, PPW, you said? Yeah, it's in uh, Pennsylvania, Broadstone, okay. Pennsylvania. Oh, nice. That's just just a state away from me. I'm in Ohio, so good stuff. All right, and you've got some you got some merch. It looks like uh, I got merch. Uh, it's all you can find it. Links through my Instagram, Twitter. Just look up there at Redbeard nice. or GrudgeMatchBrand.com. Nice. That's exclusive shirts. Otherwise, for wrestling tees. And if you want to see uh, what I have going on with films, uh, 
coming out in the future, look up my IMDD under my name, Joseph Root, and uh, you'll see things that are coming out in the future. Fantastic. All right, let's dive right into these questions. Guillermo starting with saying, the first time that Bray set you free, you turned face and joined Team Cena. Were there any other plans if Seamus didn't get injured or not? Uh, plans for myself? Is that what the question is? I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, I'd imagine. Uh, so I know there was talk about having me uh, come out because I remember before that I was coming out during uh, Natty matches uh, mm -hmm. while TJ would wrestle or whatever. And I think they originally wanted me and her to do something together. Kind of like this odd, you know, thing, but nothing came to light of it because I know I did some backstage thing with Renee, played with her hair and they found, oh, well, daddy's blonde. Let's stress something with her, uh, <laughs> which would have been interesting and interesting, you know, because everything, you know, I, I did up there was obviously weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but, but yeah, man, uh, that, that was kind of the route, but I think the day that Seamus got hurt, I did some backstage with, uh, Ms. Ms. Dow. Um, mm -hmm. and, grumpy cat i'll never forget that because i was like is this is this what's going on is this what i'm going to be unfortunately seamus got hurt in it, but at least it got me you know doing some other stuff for a little bit yeah yeah that was a, no no uh, offense to grumpy cat you know? yeah <laughs> right <laughs> no offense to grumpy cat but i think you were in a better spot at that time uh with the with the replacement there uh guillermo is also asking uh, how did the bludgeon brothers gimmick uh, was born and it will always uh was it always the plan to debut against brizongo or not huh. uh the bludgeon brothers uh was 100 uh vince mcmahon's idea i mean bludgeon it's an action it looks like a, yeah it's something that you can do uh luckily we had a little bit of say with the outfits i think the original thing that they wanted us to wear was something close to demolition leather really uh, yeah <laughs> wow uh, uh but it was kind of cool to put some nordic uh twists on it and with the masks and yeah. stuff like that and yeah that was the only entrance music i had any say in so i was actually happy with that entrance music very nice uh and uh but as far as being uh the plan with the uh, rizango i don't think there was ever a plan they just wanted us to bludgeon people yeah uh, that's, that's, a, that's a powerful word <laughs> but yeah. we couldn't bludgeon them with our hammers because they were mallets. They were. They, they, were they could not be called hammers because only one guy in the company right now can have a hammer, and that's a sledgehammer. Yes, indeed. I think we can read between the lines with that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was a meteoric rise from uh, the Bludgeon debut to uh, y'all won the tag team championships. I was in New Orleans at WrestleMania uh, 34, that was, right? It was the triple threat, New Day, Usos, and y'all, right? Yeah. Um, it might have been 32. No, 32 was uh, Dallas. Oh, no, was the, yeah, 32 yeah. was uh, yes, 34. Dallas. Well, yeah, yeah, it was 34. I'm, yeah, 30. I'm already forgetting all the numbers. They're just all kind of going top of each other. <laughs> yeah, 34 was New Orleans. I was, I was there, actually. I was uh, very close okay. uh, to the okay. to the ramp. Yeah, 30, 30 and 34 were in New Orleans because that's they, right. They like to go back to the same two or three states in the cycle. Yeah, yeah. As well, the proof is they'll be in Dallas next year. <laughs> so let's go right back around that and around that loop. Uh, uh, 
quick piggyback off of that, if there was one city and state that you would like for WWE to host WrestleMania at, where would it be here in the States? Uh, I always wanted it in Minneapolis when I was there. Yeah. Because yeah. you always want it in your hometown. Yeah. Uh, and I always thought Minneapolis would be great for it. Uh, there's a, a lot to do out there that people just yeah. don't realize how great Minneapolis is. Like, it's yeah. Just, there's a lot to do out there. Uh, Home but, of the Vikings. You, know, you got a stadium right there for you. Brand new stadium. Yeah. Uh, terrible football team lately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but yeah, man, uh, Minneapolis would be the choice. Yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Devin is asking, um, how was your time in the locker room, or did you and the family have a separate locker room? separate locker room and i would i wouldn't call many locker rooms in in wwe locker rooms i'd call them small closets uh as as bloated as the roster got at times they they just squeezed everybody into those things at one at one point in time how many did you how many people did you share the room with at one one there was there was there was one time when we had like 40 people in one little room wow you put your bag in there and just walk away Sometimes I put my bag up on top of stuff and like just go get stuff I needed. It's just too busy in there. Wow. Was there any dialogue that happened in there often or was just in and out a lot of times from your experience there uh, in the locker room? Yeah. I mean, it's just in and out. Like if you want to watch the show, sometimes they have a monitor set up in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have a talent viewing area set up, which kind of disappeared after a while. But yeah. Like, uh, you know, you watch the show in there, or the training room, or just, you know, everyone kind of hangs out different places. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Let's go to Guillermo's asking some good questions here. Um, on a video, you were dragging the corpse of Sister Abigail. Was there any plan for that storyline or not? Uh, so that video I did all on my own because I was bored when I got hurt. Uh, I did it with my buddy Jason Baker, who doesn't work with them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it, that was just me playing around with like a backstory to the character I wanted to show, you know, them because they wouldn't give uh, me or Brody time to have backstories. And I was like, well, I'm hurt. Why don't I just film my backstory? <laughs> so, but they never wanted to use it. My hope was they wanted to use it, but you know. But to me, it was just a way of telling a backstory to a character that didn't really get a chance to talk in the microphone. If you don't talk in the microphone, no one knows who you yeah. are or where you come from. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Otherwise, you just get what they assume, you know, <laughs> and, and and that makes it even worse to you. That's kind of like, you know, a strike or two against y'all if there's no type of backstory with it. So that's what wrestling's all about. You know, so someone who's been watching wrestling myself for over 35 years you want to buy into the character, you know what I mean? It, it, when, it makes it harder when you don't give someone a reason to buy into it until they, you know, until you get into the ring, which is good. But at the same time, everybody, I mean, the reason why you're in the wrestling business is because you can wrestle, you know what I mean? So you gotta, you gotta be distinguished and you gotta have the character. So, uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent. So, uh, Ronald's asking, uh, what's your favorite memory with the wide family? favorite memory i mean you got to go to the shield uh Mm. wide family dynamic um especially the first time we touched in uh i think it was london uh 
we had a little bit of a brawl that got broken up by mm-hmm. Reigns and Wyndham. Uh, but like just moments and things like that, you know, because I know we worked the Elimination Chamber, but then we worked main event, Raw and SmackDown all that next week. So we just did match after match after match and trying to top top each one. So like it was it was a, a lot of fun going mm-hmm. back to those memories. Yeah, I remember um, it was like the Hogan Warrior type of feel, like no touch, but just kind of face off each other. I love that type of feel because I remember when y'all were on one side of the ring and the shield was on the other side and they would just pop for that. And I'm like, that's what that's what it's all about right there. And y'all would move closer to the ring then y'all would get in the ring that would get a louder pop and y'all would walk closer. Like I love that type of intrigue when it comes to just the art of professional wrestling. Was there any plans for y'all to actually have that six man match at Mania? <laughs> I, I I don't think so. Um, really? That, um, I, I don't know what happened with that. It was just weird. It just went from that to him working Cena, and that's you know Cena, you know, beating all of us. But yeah. So superhuman so that makes sense to be able to get rid of the monsters yeah yeah but not at y'all expense though that's that's the issue um let's see how did the wide family first come about uh so it started with the character that bray wyatt had with the hawaiian shirts stuff like that then he did some sort of vignettes with dusty and it was completely kind of different thing and then uh when they finally decided to kind of go with it i know brody was the first one that would be like the first son of you know bray Mm -hmm. it was just called the first son and he was on nxt for a couple weeks when nxt started you know separating itself from main roster stuff to its own entity and show and then like maybe like three days before because we had done some you know things backstage like but like i tried different promos with them but like i would wear different masks no mask pajama bottoms like i didn't know what i was gonna wear and it was like two days before one of the nfc tapings were like okay you're gonna be the second son of bray which me and brody thought was funny because we're older than him so yeah (laughs) and uh it just kind of evolved uh from from there with the the rocking chairs and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember being at TV and um, all I had was like, you know, a pair of trunks with the belt knot Viking symbol on the back. So I was doing the Viking gimmick or I had a pair of, you know, pajama bottoms. I couldn't wear a pair of jeans because that's what Brody was wearing. And I was like, well, what am I going to wear? And luckily in the trunk of my car, I had a, a farm suit from a Norwegian reality show I did because I, wow. I hoard some things and keep some things. So I just had it in the trunk of my car that day. I cut the sleeves off. I said, will this work? And that became the, the, the little onesie outfit. And oh. uh, from there, uh, I think, you know, we, we had won the NXT titles. Uh, Wyndham gets called up. Um, but then we're told we're all going to get called up. So we, we're going to start filming vignettes. And the same thing in the trunk of my car, after trying all these different masks, I had the sheet mask in the trunk of my car. Hmm. And me being the opportunist, <laughs> took it out the trunk of my car uh, to um, Chris Chambers, who's 
for strumming the vignettes for the main roster. And I said, what do you think about this? And I put it on and kind of went in the woods and turned my head with the outfit. He loved it. So they put it in and from there on, um, we got to use it. So it was, it was kind of cool to have that, uh, and see it evolve just from something that was in the trunk of my car that uh, wasn't necessarily planned out. Yeah. So is the sheep mass your IP since you came up with it or is it WWE stuff still? Uh, it's really funny because I don't think anybody can answer that. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, every, like the, the plain white mask, um, WWE can't own that because that is a Halloween mask from a Halloween store. Somebody right. owns the copyright to that. Yeah. Um, I took a different one and I got a mold of it. And me and Jason Baker, the guy who helped with the, the mallets uh, for uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, mm -hmm. um, he works with Tom Savini, and they were able to take the original white mask that I had, and I had an idea to make it more like a horror element, put veins in it, make it look living, breathing, like I put it together with pieces of hair. Mm -hmm. uh, which, fun fact, uh, the masks, the, the hair that were around the ear that I wanted, that hair is actually leftover hair from fluffy character from creep show like wow um but it evolved into me making all these different masks because usually mm -hmm. the company will front the bill <laughs> for a lot of these different ideas and gimmicks mm -hmm. oh nice they paid for the hammers which means they kept the hammers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i paid for all my masks i get to keep all of my masks nice. so it's kind of that thing um, yeah. a lot of those masks i never even wore on tv so oh. those ones I can wear, <laughs> but it's there like, it's some weird thing where they'll try to go after you if you wear some stuff that you wore in the ring, which I don't know if they can. I no. think they can try and nobody wants to fight them. But right, right. I, I don't really know the legal answer to that. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> Very interesting. Uh, if if you're in the clear, would you, you know, would you uh, bring the mask back out? Uh I don't necessarily think I need it, <laughs> but uh, yeah. maybe for a fun special occasion, that'd be fun. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Start signing off, sign, signing off at different uh, signings and things like that, and you know, uh, making a buck, buck or two for them. You know, so people seem to have good memories of the Wyatt family. So. Yes, indeed, absolutely. Uh, James is asking, would you consider signing to AEW? It was a pleasure seeing you doing the Brody tribute there. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I take care of my family. If it came to it and it was a good deal, yes. If if it's not a good deal for me and my family, no. Am I in the process right now of trying to wrestle and have fun doing it and accomplish things? Yes. Uh, am I enjoying the opportunity to stretch myself creatively and work on um, acting and doing different things outside of this Eric Rowan, Eric Redbeard character. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, it is so fun and rewarding to play different characters. In wrestling, you're, you're going to be the same guy. You just get to keep playing that character over and over and over again mm -hmm. in different avenues and different storylines. So think about it. I've been playing the same character because it's, it's always like a piece of you. Like, I'm fascinated with serial killers. Like, I'm fascinated with the psyche. If you look at some of the interviews and things, the way they talk, it's like somebody that's behind bars on death row that did some horrible stuff. And 
keeping it PG. Uh, <laughs> my my is my in forensic psychology, so I share that weirdness with you, my man. So, <laughs> so, so, but it's like you, you look at some of these guys who play these characters on TV for 10 years, and, which is what I've been doing. Yeah. It gets a little stale, and you want to be able to play something else. And I think me having the opportunity to do other things is really helpful in me wanting to get back out and do wrestling mm -hmm. uh so these i started just started doing shows again you know last weekend and you know i had fun so if i'm having fun doing something i'm going to keep doing it uh yeah. whether or not it's going to be for aew back to wwe japan uh i don't know mm -hmm. and i like that i don't know because that's what yeah. wrestling is. You never know what's going to happen. If I knew what was going to happen, it just wouldn't be fun. Indeed, indeed. As Roddy Popper say, as soon as you think you have all the questions, I change the answers. The other way around. As soon as you think you have all the answers, I change the questions. <laughs> See, I don't know, I guess. You seem positive. Uh, I, I would have believed you if you wouldn't have corrected yourself. For for the for the integrity of Roddy Piper, the legendary Roddy Piper, I have to correct myself on that one. Uh, is the Royal Rumble, Larry's asking, is the Royal Rumble fun to participate in? Uh, for me personally, no. No, not when so I... I, I most battle royales and Royal Rumbles, I was booked terribly. And mm -hmm. by uh, by saying booked terribly, I was always either in there really long and was not able to eliminate anybody according to the book. <laughs> and that gets well, you were told not to eliminate anybody. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, otherwise, you're told uh, when they're trying to supposedly push you, uh, you have to go in and go out right away and not get any shots in or look at it all just make this other guy into a monster which is fine <laughs> but to me it's just not fun yeah yeah the, fir the, fir the first one i was in was fun because it was like the first time but then doing uh battle royals between and just having a sour taste in it because of the way that you know you're booked in it but like there's 50 40 30 people in these things not everybody's gonna be able to be booked properly and i'm so it's not going to be fun for everybody that's true yeah uh Leonard's asking um eric it's great to have you here were there talks of getting another member into the wyatt family apart from the original four well the original three and then braun joined so yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for thanks for correcting the original three yeah. uh because you know i was sitting at home sick i had a i had a injury and i had to watch from home as uh they had a new member come and I'm yeah. like, so is this, is this like a replacement thing? <laughs> yeah. So I didn't wait till I got there. I'm like, oh, okay, no, just a fourth member. So did they ever tell you about like, did they ever tell you about Braun joining or that you, you were kept off out the loop just as much as, you know, everybody else was. So I had all these different masks ready to go. And I think, uh, Wyndham wanted me to wear a black mask. And I said, no, because when I'm behind you, black gets, disappear especially in these dark shots mm. and i said i i want i'm gonna wear this this new latex one because i want to have all these different i had a clown one i had all these different ones and i said i'm gonna wear these different ones every week mm. because they pop out and people notice them and then i'm sitting at home and i get a call from uh from brody and he's like uh yeah man i'm just giving a heads up I'm gonna have a uh, this this guy to be tonight just you know just make it make sure you know not surprised 
So, and then I see a call with the black mess and I was like, ah, I knew that was, that, that's Wyndham's idea. Ah, <laughs> interesting. Uh, so, interesting. Yeah, I gave him a little, a little crap for that, but yeah. <laughs> well, was, at least it was good to know that, you know, you weren't getting ditched, you know, it was, oh, it was just an addition. Yeah. Uh, James is asking your thoughts on Braun getting fired. You know, a, a year ago, I was in the same position. That's what you get when you sign that big money contract. It's not yeah. guaranteed money, man. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As much as it seems like it, it's not. You're right about that. Nothing, nothing in this world is guaranteed. Yeah. Just get back on, just got back on the horse and uh, keep moving on, man. That's right. Reason's asking, uh, how did the cameo in AEW come about? Were there or there ever talk about a long term deal? Um, I wouldn't call it a cameo. I'd call it uh, a, a very unfortunate, uh, sad thing. Uh, that to me, um, COVID, you can't say goodbye to anybody because there was no funerals going on. Mm. And this was an opportunity to say goodbye to people I needed to be around around a wrestling family, around his family. And um, to me, it was a beautiful thing. And I was honored to be a part of it. Um, so that's how it came about, because of a very unfortunate thing. Um, but to me, it was very healing um, to be around such a beautiful thing, if yeah. that makes any sense. It's totally, so, yeah. Second part of the question, no, never any talk. I, I went there for one thing. Hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the, the spider angle, the spider gimmick, uh, what did you want to present in the cage instead of the spider? And how first did that even off, come about? First, first off, that, that, that spider, it's like uh, I remember getting drafted uh, wrong. And not using me for a little bit. I have a match with Seth. I know the matches uh, to get Seth over because um, I know that he was going to have the match with the Fiend. Uh, so they wanted to put him over a little bit strong. But I was uh, the big guy. They had me lose, uh, I think, with the, the forklift. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, they kept me strong. They must have kept me strong for a reason. Mm -hmm. Fast forward uh, to the next, the, the next week or two weeks later, I think we're in... Uh, Europe and I'm on I'm on main event and me, me and Eric Young are teaming up versus uh, uh, Myers and uh, Ryder Cardona. Ryder yeah mm -hmm. so they get the victory over us and to me I got no problems losing but I said well you guys just had me <laughs> with your champion and now you have us losing this tag match yeah and I was like, okay, whatever. And we worked it out. We did the match. And then next thing I know, I have uh, a writer coming up to me. Hey, we have this backstage thing you have to do. It's like you got a cage with you. And I'm like, what? A cage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be I'm like, what do you mean? What's in it? <laughs> so I end up talking to, to him. And I'm like, what? what's all this about? And he's like, he's very good at trying to get people to, you know, go along with an idea. And from the way it was pitched to me, it was going to be a, a pet rat. And mm -hmm. um, eventually it would get stomped and killed by somebody who does um, the stomp gimmick for his finish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, that'd be a, a cool character development, I guess. I could make mm -hmm. it kind of work because in my head, I'm just thinking, you know, 
people that uh, have mental health issues sometimes need to get service animals. Maybe this mm-hmm. is my way of I had to go see a therapist because I just came from an angle where I tried to uh, to, to kill uh, Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to like in my head think, okay, well I'd get the service animal because like my mind works in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I said this could work. This could work. Uh, <laughs> just it went on for so many weeks of carrying around the cage. I was able to talk once in a backstage. Uh, they actually used it on TV. I was like, okay. And then I was told, don't ever talk again right now. Just do baby talk and just leave it to mystery. And I was like, okay, well, this is just, I, you had me talking, you had me doing promos, being a character. And now you just want me to carry a cage and be quiet. Really? <laughs> so to me, creatively, it just wasn't fun. I kept pitching really fun, crazy ideas. I think the craziest I pitched was I was watching American Horror Story and saw uh, La uh, Petite, Ma Petite, a uh, little woman uh, in real life. She's like this tall. She's a little uh, Indian woman from India. And she's an actress. And I thought if we could get her build a cage it's just a little bit bigger and for a reveal in front of a live audience the crowd will go insane <laughs> because it's something they've never seen before and then we could film something backstage where something terrible happens to her because terrible things never happen you know within the storyline and stay real mm-hmm. so then i can work on a range of of acting backstage and you see a change within me and a vulnerability you have never seen before. And then you could either make me face or heal, depending mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. And I had, had like, uh, Heyman was loving it. He was the head of creative, so it just didn't go through. And then the next thing I know, uh, my buddy Jason uh, couldn't tell me, but they had basically hired him to, to make this electrical spider look real. and. Uh, Next thing I know, it's what was in the cage. Wow! So I was I was very upset with that. And yeah, they debuted yeah. it, and then the next week they kill it. Even though I pitched something right after they de- de- debuted it too, They're like, hey man, uh, let's maybe. Uh, I was watching the movie It, um, mm-hmm. where it is basically the incarnation of your worst fears. I'm like, what about what if that spider is just the worst fear of no way. Jose and his his um, people. Maybe they're all scared of spiders. Like, wow. Really bad. Everybody's got a phobia. Yeah. What if going back to the character that I was, which I am, it, it's a very mental thing where I'm stalking you. I'm I know what your worst fears and phobias are, and I'm embellishing them. And anybody that wants to get past me has to get past their worst fear. And I was mm. like, that would be intriguing. That would save whatever this was. I was told, no, we're going to kill the spider in the ring. And that was the last match I had. It was the last match that uh, it was with Drew. It wasn't really much of a match. It was just the story that killed the spider and got him over as a monster for working Brock. But, uh, yeah, then COVID hit. All the shows got canceled. And uh, (laughs) um, then uh, come April, they, they, uh, they gave everybody, you know, the they didn't want their releases and uh, separate ways. Good luck. <laughs> were you surprised at that? Because I mean, it seemed like you were still a staple character there, but it, but uh, oh, to I, me, it was very surprising. To, I, I, to I was obviously I was obviously surprised. Uh, um, 
now after seeing everything the last couple of years there <laughs> or the last year and a half um, no not surprised at all mm. uh, but at the time uh with how much time you put in with the company how much uh how many days you worked hurt i remember with the bludgeons uh i tore my bicep and two days later i wrestled uh where we had to lose them new day uh yeah. on smackdown with the torn bicep and i yeah. wrestled 20 minute match so <laughs> I, I, I did things that maybe uh, in retrospect uh, I wouldn't have done had I known that something that would have happened. Uh, mm -hmm. I, maybe I would have took the time off. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, it, it's what it is. Um, and it led to other things. Yeah. Um, and now that the world's finally opening up, it's it's a lot, a lot harder to be upset because now you can you start to do things on a more yeah. regular basis. Yeah. When, when the group, the first group of 30 of us got released. It was goodbye and nothing's open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that's what was the hardest was yeah. no one, yeah. no one was, was really higher. Because the indie scene was shut down too. So oh, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, that's true. Good stuff. Uh, let me see. Just a couple, like a 30 second lightning round real quick. Uh, let's see. How's like teaming with Daniel Bryan? Do you think that he was in the best, the best in the world? Uh, Mike Bennett is the best, in the best in the world. <laughs> okay, but but no, uh, name? Uh, Dan, Daniel's great, uh, you, and you'd be you'd be silly not to learn anything from him. Uh, True, and plus, uh, you know, just working with him was was fun, and working against him was was fun. So, mm -hmm. uh, do you think that Bo Dallas should have been a member of the Wyatt family? No. Why not? Because it's character, not real life. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, how was the work with John Cena doing your baby face run, your brief baby face run? Uh, you, you, you learn things. All right. Um, all right. All right, here we go real quick. Uh, Kofi Kingston interview said that one chair shot that you gave him on one SmackDown was the hardest in his career. Do you remember that particular moment? I certainly do. And I felt <laughs> so bad for him. But Vince looked at me with him there and said, you need to make this. Like, you need to hit him. Mm -hmm. You need to make that sound. And, yeah, it made the sound, but I felt so bad. It was so unnecessary uh, yeah. because I – I remember it specifically because after I hit him with the chair, it disqualified. I think I ran him into the, I ran him into the, um, the ring the post. Yeah, the I ring think, post. Yeah. yeah, and me ramming it into the ring post looked more vicious than that. Yeah, shot that hurt him so bad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, we totally could have done without that. <laughs> yeah, but Vince, uh, um, when he wants something, you perform it, and. Yeah. I remember looking at Kofi even before he went out, and I'm like, "Man, I'm so sorry." Like, I, I don't want—I didn't want to hit—I don't want to hit anybody with the chair. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. On the plus side of that, uh, um, Triple H is the person that hit me the hardest with the chair. Um, but I would give Kofi a chance to hit me with the chair. I don't think Triple H would give me a chance to hit him back. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Bray's fame character? Uh, run this course. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, or, 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 or should I say Alexa Bliss's new character? Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. It's, 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 it's yeah. <laughs> sad. Yeah, very sad. Um, 
Why do you think he's not being acknowledged at all in WWE right now? Uh, I don't know what's going on. Okay. And I guess my last question to you before we go is, uh, how was it working with The Rock at WrestleMania? Uh, nice guy. Um, I wish his uh, his movie he was doing would let him uh, take a shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it was a, a good spot to be in because uh, what wasn't doing that, it'd either be the Andre the Giant Battle Mo- Memorial Battle Royale mm-hmm. or uh, catering. So, uh, thanks. Yeah. Eric... Uh, the Rock versus Eric Rowan happened at WrestleMania, man. I mean, you know. I always, I always joked there was a certain number of people that had matches with The Rock at WrestleMania. Um, I was one of them, but I clearly was not paid like the rest of his opponents. That's true. <laughs> but at the same time, you were you were one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Follow Matt Eric Redbeard uh, at Red Eric Redbeard on Twitter. Uh, for his newest and latest things, buy his merch. Uh, if you're around his town that he's going to be at, go see him, visit this guy, watch this guy wrestle. He's got a lot left to offer, and he's going to a lot left to, left to offer in the acting world now, too. So that's really cool, too, man. So uh, best wishes on all your endeavors, my man. Appreciate you uh, spending the time with me tonight. Well, thank you for having me on, man. All right. Have a good night. Thanks a lot. You too. Bye-bye.